It's Song Talk Radio with Michael, Neil, Phil, and the gang. Welcome to Song Talk Radio. This is a show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. You guessed it. Uh, we share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me are the cookery members of the Song Talk Radio action team. We have Fried Phil Emery. I'm here and tasty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everything fried is tasty. Fried, there's a lot of fried food where you are, isn't there? That is true. I think there is, yes. There Fish and go. chips, my, my song. <laughs> yes, and that uh, other voice you're hearing is minced Mike Proudfoot. How are you, Mike? Um, I'm doing all right, thank you. I am feeling a bit minced. Oh, no. I, had four, I had my fourth <laughs> COVID shot, and uh, oh, by the end of the day, I was just, just laid out. Chill, oh. the chiblins had chills, and I'm yeah. feeling a bit better was today. It, but a little, a little R and R. Was it Pfizer or? Uh... It was Pfizer. Yeah. Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Please send your questions and your comments to at Song Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Feedback at songtalk.ca for the email, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And uh, please visit us at songtalk.ca to find out how you can be a guest uh, today. Uh, it's all in the family, but before we get to the main meat of the show, a um, couple of uh, interesting little uh, tidbits. Um, I just recently found um, an article on, uh, uh, where was it now? Cosmopolitan? Close. Women's Home Daily? <laughs> keep on keep on guessing. Uh, Rod and Stream? Guns and ammo? Rod and stream. <laughs> On the Atlantic. You should have guessed that, Phil. You're so close to the Atlantic after <laughs> That's all. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Um, is old music killing new music? And this is kind of this is kind of an article um that's kind of a follow-up to the show we did with Eric Alper about you know how catalog music is outselling um or has been outselling uh current new music for like the last number of years. Um, and this article was written uh, by my, my favorite new author, uh, Ted Goya, who I mentioned on the show, mm. I think last week, and I saw him, this again was through a Rick Beato video, he was talking about it, and he interviewed this this fellow before, and he's got he's got really thoughtful, interesting perspective on the history of music and, and the future and what it all means, and he goes through a number of, of different reasons why he believes that um, that catalog music is is outselling is outselling old music. The, the 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 one that I had heard before, but he reiterated it about about the litigation factor about you know since mm -hmm. the blurred lines thing a few years ago, mm -hmm. um, record labels are very hesitant to open up packages that they get in the mail of you know demos of other artists for fear that they you know they 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 hear that song and then. And then produce someone else that has the similar melody or something like that, and then the original artist comes back and, and sues them, and it gets all it gets all messy, right? So <laughs> there's there's a bit of that. So they're not they're not putting in the investment into new artists, um, you know, the way they used to. Uh, I think that's just an excuse things. for them not having to respond unsolicited, yeah, possibly. Yeah, but anyway, it, it's still it's still it's an interesting uh, little read. Um, we'll definitely put a link to that article in the uh, in the show notes. And um, yeah, yeah, it was it was quite interesting. I mean, it has, it has lots of um, charts and some really clear points. Yeah, um, there was also a lot of money in the music industry. You know, back in the golden days, mm -hmm. and there's just not that amount of money. There's still money, but there's not the insane budgets. That there used to be um, for uh, for bands, you know, mm -hmm. back then you could have like you know 
three or four albums and uh, you were still in your development stage. But now if your album doesn't sell big right off, they drop you. They drop you right away. Yeah, yeah you have to be um, big before you even sign on with them. There's no... <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's tough also that there's not radio anymore. You know, there's not one source that we're all listening to that we can all sort of generate the same kind of iconic uh, culture of a mm-hmm. song or a movement. Um, now everything is so fractured that we don't have a lot of commonality. Actually, yeah. uh, it's interesting you say it because radio is actually more homogenous than it used to be because it's controlled by one or two big, you know media companies, mm-hmm. and they send playlists out across the country. They go, okay, so you got the same playlists across the country, which stops, you know, regions from breaking artists the way they used to. You know, like I'm trying to remember, I was reading an, mm-hmm. a, an article about some band that, you know, released an album. Uh, I think it was Tom, Tommy James in the Shondells. And, you know, he'd released an album, uh, a single, and it sank. And then it got picked up like a Detroit station played it say and it just got popular i think it was actually pittsburgh but whatever and it got played there and it got and it was just a hit in that region and then using that then his manager could go around and say okay it was it was big in pittsburgh you should give it a spin mm-hmm. that doesn't happen anymore because local like regional radio will not deviate from you know the <laughs> the overlords yeah. so i think it's clearcom and and uh, you know there's a few other radio stations and it's the same in canada yeah. where radio stations are so homogenous now that you don't get a chance for a regional breakout the way you used to mm-hmm. but everything's so it, it, i mean it's, it's gone completely the other way it's so local like phil was saying that everyone has their own playlist and everyone curates their own thing exactly and every, everyone, you there know, are you, so you, many you, options for streaming you don't hear what you don't want to hear you, exactly i mean if i you know i log into spotify versus you log in spotify it looks completely different i'm sure <laughs> there's very little overlap you know there's also less i think personal investment between the listener and the station because the listener yeah. and the station does know it's homogenized and that's why kids that's why the young people um, that's why many people, uh, regardless of age, are not listening to radio anymore because it really doesn't offer anything. And the one thing the radio does have going for it is that it is local, local to you. And that's something that the internet can't do easily, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Unless, yeah. of course, you're listening to song talk. And, and that's we, true. We know you and we care about you. Mm-hmm. We care deeply we about you. We are global. And we are an international concern. Across Canada, mm-hmm. kind of. Across Canada, definitely are <laughs> this half of it anyway. Right. Half Canada. <laughs> well, the mountains get in the way. Yeah, they do. And um, and speaking of uh, song talk thingies, uh, so we had our uh, monthly meetup yesterday. Um, how was that, Mike? It was great. We had a um, mostly uh, returning faces, which is great. Uh, it's nice to have the regulars, and uh, so um, it I was. I think what happens in the summer, we get a few less people because. It's nice outside, and some people don't want to hunker down in front of their mm-hmm. computer and uh, and and miss the what the Walking remaining from sunshine. The park. What's a big deal? I know. <laughs> well, we did have one person who was camping in Colorado, and he was <laughs> logged in on his phone. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, Mira in Queensland, uh, Australia, yes. where it's winter. So yes. she was she like had a toque on and oh a coat. She was like, and you could hear when she was presenting her song she played it live and you could hear the wind howling oh, no. so, really? yeah, it was, I, yeah i'd never thought about australia being so bitterly cold yeah but she said that you know because the houses aren't really heat like there's no central heating because they right. don't need it very often so when it yeah. gets cold, cold yeah. it gets cold, cold. Yeah. and uh, yeah we had uh, richard from 
Minnesota? Minneapolis? Is it Minnesota? Minneapolis? Minneapolis, Minneapolis yeah. Mary, Mary Tyler Moreville. And uh, yeah, so he was anticipating a, a big windstorm or tornado. So, oh, and 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 Dave in, in uh, Regina, I think it was. So I was, I mean, it's mostly for presenting your song and getting feedback. It's not really a weather report. Uh, sorry, Dave was in Regina. Regina, <laughs> right? But it is interesting to know where you know people are coming from and and you know yeah. how they're doing. You know, because meanwhile in in Toronto. Well, it was just lovely, wasn't it? It was beautiful. It was, beautiful. It was, it was like 28 degrees like, or something. In July, yeah. Yeah, it really was. Crazy. Uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah, so it was a, a good uh, meetup. And uh, we'll have, obviously, we'll have another one next month. So yeah. look, hopefully we'll get uh, more people out. We alternate between Monday nights and Sunday afternoons. And yeah. I'm not sure if Sunday afternoons get more or less people because of the time slot. I think, I think you're right. Depends if it's a nice day outside. I think that is that is a factor. Sunday afternoon, if it's nice out, yeah. we don't get we don't get as many people. But if it's scorching hot, you want to be inside where it's air conditioned. Head out in the evening. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the meetup went well. Um, oh, one other thing, or kind of two related things: new releases. Uh, mm -hmm. MIA, who has been <laughs> MIA, missing in action mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. for about six years, has a, an album coming out. She just released a single. Which I was listening to, and it's it's quite good. The single is mm. called "The One," and uh, the album is called "Matter," not "Maga." Matter, M-A-T-A. And okay. uh, let me see. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it's coming out soon. Uh, she's a new uh, global record deal with Island Records, so you should be able to get it wherever you are. Uh, so that's the new release. And another new release is an old Neil Young album that he found in his archives that he made back he just, in... He just he found... Has huge, yeah. Uh, he, so hasn't, he, he hasn't sold his archive yet? No, he's hanging <laughs> on to it. I think he's trying to launch his own music service. Uh, so this was recorded in uh, 2001. It's called Toast, and it's Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And uh, he says it's it was so sad, that's why he didn't release it. And, and some of it's personal. I think it has to do with a failed romance. But uh, he says that Crazy Horse here shows a depth never before seen or heard before. The greatest group I've ever met. This is their pinnacle. So uh, the first single of that is out. It's called Standing, uh, damn, I can't, Standing in the Light of Love. And it sounds a lot like Smoke on the Water. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's great. And I've been listening, listening. I've been reading a, a Graham Nash autobiography, and he was in Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and he has a lot of interesting things to say about Mister Mister Neil Young. He's so a very interesting guy. He certainly is. I, I love him as a guitar player. Is he no longer with uh, Daryl Hall? No, not uh, not Daryl. No, Hall. I think they're oh. still together. Uh, not Daryl Hall. Daryl Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Daryl Hall they'd make a lovely couple, but uh... oh, I know, but you know. It's hard for musicians to get along all the time. They need, a, right. they need a break. But yeah, I think he's he's now. But this this relationship, 2001, would not have been, I don't think it would have been the Daryl Hannah relationship. Okay. Very good. But this is not a gossip show. This is a no. show about music. And it's about yeah. songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of cooking. Yes. <laughs> and weather so, reports. And weather reports. And weather reports. So... Next up um, is our recipe for gumbo. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So that's all for the news. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Phil, anything? Uh, nope. 
All right. Well, Thank Phil is our special guest tonight. Why is he our special guest tonight, Neil? So this is our chapter three of the uh, songwriting challenge answers by the hosts. Um, a few weeks ago, I shared my answer to the songwriting challenge this year. A couple weeks ago, Mike did his, and today we got Phil um, sharing his song. And of course, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast uh, lately, you know that the songwriting challenge is to write from a title. And uh, our, the title that we picked uh, from our listeners is Why Do You Cry? So, Mr. Phil, when you got assigned that title, Why Do You Cry? What was what, what went through your head? What, what was the next thing for you? Well, you know, this whole process has been really interesting, actually. When I was born, I was really young. You know, I was like basically just a baby in a lot I of ways. But then a lot of things happened, and then I'm here talking to you tonight but while I was doing that uh, and started working on this song, I actually did write out like a verse and a chorus, and it was kind of about relationshipy kind of things. And mm. I figured it would be kind of slower, and I was kind of looking at some sort of soul f uh, feels to it. And I wasn't, I wasn't terribly inspired. Mm. And I work in advertising, and when I have an ad to do, even if I'm not inspired, I still have to crank something out. So even if you're not inspired, you have to sit there and start working on it and, and see where, come up with something, basically, even if you're not inspired. So as I was working on this and, you know, just kind of wandering around trying different approaches, I actually thought of one of our very old shows with Daniel Tapper or Topper? Tapper, yeah, yeah. Tapper, um, which was long, long ago when the show first started out. Like an environmental uh, sound artist. Yeah, 2013, I think it was. Like possibly, yeah. And um, he wrote lyrics not as poetry, but he actually wrote paragraphs, mm. which I remember thinking that's... A, like, I always kind of wanted to approach a song that way. And that just made me think about, well, I don't have to think of the lyrics in the way I was thinking of in terms of a story and, you know, kind of, you know, putting a place into it. And I thought... Well, I could, what if I was just using this phrase as a declarative mm. instead of, um, you know, speaking to your, you know, your loved one about why do you cry as more of an open-ended question of to anything like why do you cry in terms of uh, kind of announcing. And that was really interesting because I was working on it for a few weeks actually without a lot of progress. But once I made that decision, it clipped it together really, really quickly. Well, what do you mean by a declarative? Well, instead of it um, being sort of within a narrative. Right. It doesn't need a context. It's, it's more a standalone statement. Existential. Why do you cry? Why do you laugh? Why do you do this? Why do you like yeah. something like that? Is that exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think I'm using that word declarative correctly. Uh, let us know on feedbackandsongtalk.ca. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. let us know at picky at <laughs> songtalk.ca. Get it right at songtalk.ca. <laughs> but uh, once I made that decision, it, it really kind of clipped together very quickly. I sort of knew what the structure was going to be. Mm. Um, and I knew how the lyrics were going to go in general, although I didn't know the specific things. Yeah, it sort of came together. And I thought I would be doing. You know, the verse and then the why would you cry would be, you know, a stanza at the end that, that I repeat. And I've done that a bunch of other, so of other songs. And so I didn't really have a chorus at the time. But why don't we actually listen to it now? And I still want people to hear it before making too much of a, a decision and then we can talk about it. Is that okay? 
That's fine with me. All right, here we go. Let her rip. So when I figured out the declarative thing, I sort of mm-hmm. very quickly knew what the structure was going to be. I knew it was going to be um, the first verse was going to be vocals and drums, mm-hmm. and then um, a bass line and then a guitar uh, mm-hmm. coming in in that kind of uh, way. Um, and I, st- I came up with the bass line in the shower. So I knew it was going to be do do do, you know. Um, and I knew it was going to be why do you action word? So why do you action word? Why do you action word? Mm-hmm. I knew there was going to be extra um, the syllables on the at least the last line of the verse. And then mm-hmm. through screwing around, I sort of added extra syllables to the last two lines. And um, I didn't really have the chorus. But then I was sort of listening to uh, some other songs. And one of the great things about doing these exercises, it really makes you think about how you 
go about writing your songs? Like, well, you know, and, and sort of seeing those um, kind of habits you get into. And very often when I'm writing songs, they're very guitar driven or, you know, they're, they're based around a riff, um, lots of chord movement. And I realized a lot of songs I have uh, that I like, their choruses are actually really simple. They don't have like thousands of chords. So I actually decided to just do two chords. Mm-hmm. So basically the song is mostly A through the verse, kind of passes through G, but it's mostly A. And um, and then the chorus is just C and A, both majors. And the C would be, of course, in the key of A, um, the C would be the minor third by a played major because it's kind of a rock thing. But that kind of allowed me to come up, I think, with a, a melody for the chorus that I'm quite uh, fond of. And I wasn't sure about a bridge. I didn't put a bridge because uh, I was worried about it. it was getting a bit long. It was like already three, mm. it's like three and a half minutes. But uh, now I'm thinking that maybe I might add a little sort of break after the second verse, but not go back into another verse, but just go back into the chorus again. But it was really, it was a really, uh, really fun approach because I don't, I wouldn't write lyrics like this normally, where it would be that kind of declarative, that kind of uh, pointed in terms of the structure. Because interestingly enough, I was listening to, going through YouTube, and there's a YouTube video of Brian Ferry working on uh, some demo versions of some of the songs from the Avalon album. And it's great to know that he works like me because he just it goes with like, he's working on these demos and he goes, like he doesn't have any of the words. And very often those words are actually done after everything else was done and sometimes just before they mixed. It's an interesting mm. story. But so I never kind of strategically written a song like this before. So it was a really fun thing. It definitely made me write in a way that I wouldn't write, although the arrangements were kind of done before the music was done in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting arrangement in that there's uh, three verses and then the chorus and a mm-hmm. couple of verses and then another chorus. Um, I, I like the, the build. I, I thought you held off a bit more than I would have liked. I wanted, a, I wanted a bit more. It was staccato and, you know, by the third verse, I'd wanted it to kick in a bit. Oh, anyway. interesting. Okay. And I'm, I and I kept hearing um, uh, harmony on the chorus. You know, oh right, for it really to go in. But I like to. Sorry. Maybe you'd like to supply those. Sure, I'd love to. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Um, but um, yeah, it made me think of uh, song two. I think it is that Blur song. Woo hoo! Oh right. Yeah. Where song. it's very stripped down and really short and punchy. And yeah. This has that kind of immediacy as well. It just delayed the punch, like the the, the second punch, mm-hmm. uh, from in my in my taste. But I understand uh, why why you did it. Uh, but when I was you know just listening to the first listen, I was going, oh, you know, because the, the bass stays uh, uh, staccato. Yeah. And I was waiting for it to kind of start grooving. I don't know. I mean, maybe you could mm-hmm. groove on the third verse. Yeah, I could. In a different maybe. way. And then still keep the, the same structure of it. Because the third verse, I wasn't either without having more vocals or I wasn't getting enough forward progression. Right. Because uh, by the chorus at the second time, I love the build there. I think there's a keyboard line in there or something that's, uh, that Some fills ebos, it out. actually. What is it? Ebo. Ebo, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, the, the build at the end is great. And the chorus is, kicks in really well too. 
but yeah, it even, you know, woo-hoos would fit in there nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think I'm going to um, increase the, the beats per minute um, a bit. Not much, yeah. like maybe just two or three. It, just, it, it was just a little bit draggier than I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like the I really like the directness of it. It's actually like Mike was saying, it's very pointed and very kind of it's, it's sharp in that in that regard. Like the phrases are really short, and and and, and it just sort of develops. It builds really really nicely. Um, uh, you were mentioning a bridge before, and and the, even the first time I heard it, I was like, I, I would like to hear a bridge where like everything in here is a question. Right. I'd like to hear a bridge where it's a little bit of the answer. Yeah. I mean, cause I want to. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's just that, even if, it's, yeah. even if, even if it's just as declarative, but it's more, you know, less a question more, more, more of something, something of the answer. And I, I had the same thought you did feel that, that, yeah, just up, up the BPM, just, just a couple of, you know, maybe three or four yeah. uh, 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 beats per minute. But the, the, the other thing, the other thing I might even suggest is, um, the the chorus the mel the melody in the chorus has uh, a kind of a, a similar shape to the melody in 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 the verse. I would like to hear maybe the last when you repeat the chorus on the second time, you uh, you do the you do the melody twice as fast. So it was like, why do you laugh? Why do you cry? Why do you laugh? Why oh, do double you time cry? it? Like the, oh, the kind of, you know, yeah. to really kick up the energy and, and, and double time it at the end, which would be kind of would be kind of fun. And yeah. modulate it while you're at it. No. <laughs> Actually, this is a good song to to play around with modulating too, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it it's, it's a very modular song in that way because, like, if you wanted mm -hmm. to do the build up differently and you wanted to introduce the chorus earlier, you could, and you wouldn't. Oh, yeah. And when you could do two things, the two verses, and then the chorus, and then and then two and a half verses. Yeah, that's true. Or whatever. Like you know, it, it's you could you could take half a verse here and half a verse there and, and screw around with it if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, inject other instrumental bits or whatever like it's it's very modular that way you can just kind of play with it but um yeah yeah very cool and very and i'm surprised that it's so uh uh harmonically simple like it's a all the way through the verses yeah. <laughs> but but it is it's, it's the build up of the instruments and the and the yeah. varying of the melody and the verses that that makes it that keeps it interesting because you don't care that it's all on the same chord it would it, it would have been more obvious had you know your bass guitar just doing boom 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 on the a the yeah. whole time then that would kind of give it away that yeah <laughs> it was like are we on the same chord here <laughs> I um, was, you know, thinking about the the uh, the tempo and kind of tap the tempo in, and then was wanting to um, base it on the tempo of um, "Lust for Life" by Iggy Pop, which mm. is either one hundred four or one hundred eight, depending on who you or two hundred eight, depending on who you mm. talk to. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I know sometimes just like three or four BPM can really make the change of um, it, yeah. You know, one way or the other, sometimes stuff is, is better when it's slower as well. But I think yeah. this needs just a little bit more energy. Yeah, and maybe that's why I felt I needed a double-time thing in the chorus, because it is a little bit laggy. It's not really laggy, but yeah. it, it does, it does, it, the groove is good. You know, it does, it does chuck mm. along, but just I, I thought, because it is a little bit punky, and punky is kind of, you can do a little, you can push the tempo yeah. a little bit, and, and that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so it's... um. It's a simple song, but I think I'm, I'm definitely going to work on it uh, some more and, um, yeah. you know, play around with it. And, uh, you know, maybe if Michael uh, would do some harmonies, that would be pretty awesome. Oh, that'd be great fun. Yeah. yeah. You know. do, throw down a whole mess of them and just cut and choose, picking. <laughs> yeah, that'd be want. great. 
Do, do, do you think, Phil, that you would try this again? Is is writing a lyric first? No, historically, you've never done that before. <laughs> well, I have, like, I have a couple of times. Okay. But um, this was such a different process because coming up with that sort of approach, saying oh, it was going to be declarative, kind of allowed me to to work in a totally different way, as opposed to writing a narrative and then come, you're writing, you know, having a title and then coming up with a narrative. Mm-hmm. And you know, with Michael's um, uh, background in film and theater, I think Michael's really sort of like you know narrative because that's what you used to do for a living. You made narratives mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Whereas I kind of never did. So it's a real, it's a bit more of a struggle for me to do it, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm not writing from personal experience. I, I think it's really hard to write good narrative songs where, because mm-hmm. it's, you, you got to pair it away. I mean, like when we did that John Prine show and he, I just thought he's one of the masters at just kind of creating a full life of his characters in very few words. And, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. then, you know, you get stuff like, what is it, Don't Stop Believing, which is a story song, and it doesn't really tell you about anything, <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, a, it's a real, like, to manage narratives in songs that still make them interesting. Uh, actually, there was uh, one of the people at the, um, at the meetup last night brought in a narrative song and didn't have a, a lyric sheet so we had to listen and and mm. kind of try to grasp what the story was and it was a little difficult it's a very good song and it was you know uh kind of dylan-esque really nice guitar playing and very evocative but you were kind of going okay is this a story of uh like what's the age of this person what's the relationship you know it, it was a little it, it, le- it left it a little ambiguous which is not necessarily a bad thing mm. but you know, to write a narrative song that actually has an emotional hook, I think is very, very difficult. So f- finding other ways of writing songs, writing songs that have refrains, writing songs like this, you know, which is a whole other way of looking at how words work in a song. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought that was, uh, I thought the lyrically, oh, I thought the whole, this whole song is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't, like, the, the, there's a there's a wide spectrum between you know, story narrative song versus like, I don't know what's at the other end of the spectrum, maybe nonsense. <laughs> yeah, there's gibberish songs, but like, gibberish think songs. about, uh, what is it? Uh, is it remain in light? How did I get here? You may ask yourself, you yeah. know, and it's just a bunch yeah. of questions yeah. that accumulate into sort of a, a portrait of, yeah. I suppose, suburban malaise. I'm not quite sure what that song is about. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or, or a series of vignettes or a series mm. or a bunch of descriptions of something or, or a bunch of, you know, mini stories or what, like there's so, there's such a wide spectrum of, of, of narrative approaches that, that aren't, and you know, the other end of the spectrum is not really a narrative anymore. It's kind of a loose um, description, description, or just evocative of something, or imagery, or or just Thing, yeah. And sometimes things poetry. get very yeah, exactly very poetic, but then you can be kind of left going, okay, I like the sound of these words, but I have no yeah. idea what it means. And some people, mm-hmm. you know, you know, just dig the sound, and so they they you know a lot of music, uh, popular songs, people bring their own uh, feelings and and uh, to the doorstep of the songs. So, you know, and I think a lot of writers work that way. They, they don't really commit to the lyrics. They just want to have enough that sounds right and people will, 
you know, go, okay, well, it's, I think it's a sad song. Uh, it's yeah, about yeah. a breakup, but you don't really know. So it's, as, long as, the, as long as the melodies are catchy. Yeah, exactly. So this is nice because it pushes it quite straightforward in, in, in this direction. Isn't, um, isn't that, there's like a very super successful songwriter who does all the Katy Perry stuff. I think he's from Sweden. He doesn't actually speak English. So like he, he writes lyrics because of just the way the words sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I think that's part of the the, the Swedish pop factory. Yeah. yeah, where yeah they they write in a different language, but uh, it seemed to work. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> the the approach they take there too is they that it always I mean, the melody always trumps everything, and like even even in that um, before the show we were talking about the this is pop documentaries on Netflix, yes. and, and and the guys like. You know, he, he was he spent half the ep- not half the episode. He spent a couple of minutes at the end of the episode talking about um, uh, I want it that way. Like, what does that even mean? What do you want? What way? Oh, I know. <laughs> it makes no sense. But it was catchy. Yeah. <laughs> and they were I like, we, I would didn't, always, we, didn't, we didn't care. We just threw it in there. I want it that way. Sure. Yeah, well, which way is that? Are you being we, impulsive or pushy or whatever? I always yeah. like to sing. I want a bat cave. That always <laughs> works well. <laughs> Well, the, the weird Al turned it into, what he turned it into? I bought it on eBay. I think. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's surprising because usually his parodies have to do with food. Yeah, or well, true. I guess shopping in this case, but yeah. Food yeah, and but, shopping. But, but, the, but the point is, you're right, Mike, like a lot of, a lot of lyricists, the lyrics don't, don't amount to very much, but they, they sound interesting and they, and they carry good melodies. And Yeah, I mean, Oasis, they were yeah. openly... Uh, dismissive of lyrical importance. Yeah, uh, champagne, uh, supernova in the sky. Like, yeah. What does that heck does yeah. that mean? Slowly you know? walking down the hall, faster than a cannonball, like gibberish, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or uh, direct, directly contradictory. <laughs> exactly. Or I remember there's a I forget which Wild Boys. I think it is the Duran Duran song. Duran Duran? Where okay. Your telephone be ringing while you dancing in the rain. <laughs> Wild Boys. Some people Wild just boys. don't care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not one of their greatest. Well, not one of their better not songs. Not one of the greatest. No, not one of their better songs, but hey. Yeah, and they have a lot of great songs. They they're, do. Induct, they're being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Even though they go, we're not rock and roll. But then so was Dolly Parton, and she also said, I'm not rock and roll. Oh. So Rock oh. and Roll Hall of Fame is pretty wide open to everybody. I think so. Duran Duran, I mean, listen to those bass lines. That's rock and roll, man. Well, it was more, they thought of themselves as electronic and, and oh. uh, disco. Yeah, they well, did not they, think of themselves they, as uh, as a rock and roll band. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're quite quite good though. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. I really like them. Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great little tune. I, I would definitely consider a bridge. Feel it doesn't have to be long. Yeah, you know, just something, just something to insert something in there that goes someplace else. It's um, or a modulation. I think that chorus is great for it's just perfect for a modulation. (laughs) Yeah, like the second chorus. If you modulate it, it'll just take off. D and a B. Yeah, it's true. It's um, it's interesting. I've gotten very paranoid about having songs that are too long. Just something I never thought about until the last couple of years, uh, because I always kind of did the same structure, so I never really Mm -hmm. thought of. But then. 
wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about the length. It's, it's whatever length it wants to be. Especially now. It's not like it's going to be anything more so. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's, you're, you're, you're exactly, your record company is demanding a single, Phil. It's yeah. got to be three. You, 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 you can always pull out the significant 15 seconds for your TikTok. That's, that's true. That is. That's what a bridge is for nowadays. Yeah, you put the bridge, 15 second bridge, TikTok. <laughs> that's true, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it until I finished the thing, but uh, my Song Talk Challenge entry is only two minutes and 45 seconds long. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever wow. written a song that short. That yeah. had so much going on in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, look at look at the old Beatles songs, CCR songs. My God, they're all under two thirty, and they're like packed verse, chorus, yeah. verse, chorus, bridge, outro. <laughs> oh, I know. Like guitar riff, solo, everything in two and a half minutes. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's very very awesome. efficient. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, I do so, look forward to um, uh, our listeners' uh, response to this because it's yeah uh, we got we got a lot of people and and people are still uh, at the meetup. People we're talking about oh yeah I've got to do that I've got to yeah, do that yeah, I mean, so yeah. you are all out there running out of time. Well, mm -hmm. oh we all are running out of time I suppose. <laughs> but um, more when I'm when I'm more specifically <laughs> I'm talking about the song talk challenge. Uh, so we would like to get your uh, your responses to the Song Talk yeah. Challenge as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. We will probably start uh, our listener shows in... Uh, in June. In June, end of June. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people June 13th. Send in your stuff by June 13th. And, All right, there uh, you go. Yeah, so, a couple get, of weeks. Get a, get a slot on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, I, I want to ask you guys what, um, what, what do you, what, what do you walk away with, with this challenge? What have you, what was your learning? Um, for me, it was, um, I, I was wrestling with the arrangement and mm -hmm. communicating it. So I'm getting better now at writing, not writing out the chords and the, writing out the actual, the bars and how long bars are and, and, mm. and, and sort of, uh, that's what I played around with the most in this, uh, was changing the arrangement. Uh, the, and the, the tempo, you mean. The, the, yeah. The, sorry, yeah. The structure, yeah. Mm. And, and also the instrumentation of it. Like mm. you know, so it was. But the core, the I mean, I changed the chords early on, and I settled on the lyrics pretty early on. I changed the melody around a, a fair bit, but uh, it was the uh, the structure of the song. How how many verses and and how you know you know you know how would there be a pre-chorus? Do I repeat it or all that kind of stuff? So that that's what I took away from it mostly, and okay. also it was the first time that I consciously wrote a song that didn't have one instrument being the through line all all the way through. I kept mm. sw uh, switching up instruments right. and in the different segments. Cool. And you, Neil? Um, I think I think for me it was it was um, it, it, it was a first for me in the sense of I feel like this is the first time that I've, that I've struggled with the music side. Like, you know, I was talking about mm -hmm. the, the chord, the chord changes and things like that. And, and, and how I, like, I, I, usually when I write the music side to a song, I can be pretty eclectic and I know that. Right. And, and, and I was, and I eventually landed on something that was much, much simpler um, than I originally envisioned, originally intended. And, and and in a lot of ways, I'm okay with that. I think I think that's the big difference too. Is that, you know, it's just it's a it's a it's a it's a much simpler song that way. And I'm I'm beginning to more embrace simplicity um, 
in my writing where, whereas the last few years, I think I've, I think I've, I've, I've embraced simplicity in my listening, you know, I'm listening to more kind of, you know, folk singer songwriter type of stuff where, where it's actually pretty, pretty stripped down and pretty, and pretty simple. Um, but, but still impactful and, and full of like, you know, richness. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe I'm starting to push towards that in, in, in my writing, um, as, as well. So it's, it's, it's been a revelation in, in, in that sense, um, for me, I think. Oh, cool. I think for me, the, yeah, I think the same thing, uh, with me is, um, you know, when I did, I came up with a verse or the chorus, it really was just those two chords. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know what the melody was going to be, although I'm quite fond of the melody now, but mm-hmm. that allowed me cool. to sort of find my melody that I liked sort of afterwards, as opposed to having the melody kind of driven by like guitar changes or chordal changes. So that is sort of a different approach. And it's something I'm going to be maybe experimenting more with on the courses. Cause a lot of the, you know, bands of you know, like U2 or that kind of thing, very often their courses are not super intricate. I mean, they're often intricate uh, vocally and production and all that stuff, but the actual chords are not, uh, are often not that complicated. And, um, so I'm going to be sort of exploring that a bit more, I think. Hmm. But it was also nice. This was sort of the first time I was able to kind of sit down in the new house and, you know, actually work on music in a real uh, focused kind of way, uh, getting the studio all set up and things plugged in. And because uh, I really haven't had a chance to do that because there's always so many things to do with the house. You hmm. tend to put those things on the back burner. And this was really fun to be able to get back into it and, nice. you know, get excited about it. So. Well, good. Helps to have a deadline, doesn't it? <laughs> Deadlines are Deadlines awesome. Are thing. <laughs> oh, I, I want to share something with you guys. Uh, um, mm-hmm. On Sunday, um, uh, me and our my band, Bay Shelter, we actually got together again for the first time in, in two years, and we decided we we're going to do a little songwriting session, like from scratch. It was just uh, myself, Addy, and Tom, our, our bass player. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we started with an idea. And we sort of wrote down some very quick dummy lyrics. Um, I had my piano and Addie was singing and we kind of came up with a few melodies um, together and that sort of thing. And, and, but that, that's, that's where we, that's where we went first. We went to melody and then, and then Tom actually looked at the melody and just played the bass. And he was, he was like, don't worry. And he told me specifically, don't worry about the chords. Let's just play a bass like just the bass notes to this melody and then we'll figure out what the harmony is after that. And it was kind of a, a different cool approach because like for me, I would always come up with a melody and then, and then immediately go right to the chords ah, and, and then hmm. the chords would end up being weird, but he came up with very simple bass lines, just, just like just a B flat and a G B flat and a G. Okay. So maybe it's a B flat and a G minor. Does that work with melody? Yeah, sure. It works. Okay. It's very simple, but it kind of, it kind of, it, it, was, it was kind of a different, approach to, to, to figuring out, you know, going lyric, melody, baseline, and then chord. Yeah. It's kind of a different, different way of doing it, but yeah, it was kind of cool. And that's the best way of, you know, growing as a, as um, a songwriter is to try all these different approaches. Cause you might find one that you don't normally do and you go, wow, that's so much easier. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Some people might find, oh, if I just start off from a baseline, it opens up all sorts of possibilities, which it did for me. Yeah, and I wrote a lot of stuff just you know bass first mm-hmm. because I wasn't the guitarist of the band, mm-hmm. so it was kind of fun that way. So yeah, oh, lots of uh, lots of possibilities, and I think you should always um, push one's boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what yeah. songwriting challenges are good for. Exactly. I think so. It's the challenge. The songwriting is 
part of it, yeah. but the challenge is the key. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. All right. Right. Well, thank you, Phil, hey. for presenting. Thank you very much, Phil. That was that was awesome. And um, I and guess. Uh, and speaking of pushing boundaries, I think yeah. uh, Michael wants to mention something about boundaries that he'll be pushing. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm uh, moving on. Well. That doesn't mean I'm going anywhere, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to uh, resign my seat as one of the members of the Song Talk Action Team. No. No more fighting crime for me. No. <laughs> uh, We're supposed I've to fight crime? I've just gotten, uh, uh, lately in my life, I've just been so overwhelmed with uh, my day job and a few other things in my life that uh, the responsibilities of also this show have been kind of stressing me out a little bit as much mm. as it's an oasis for me and, and a... Um, uh, a, a kind of a, a great release. Um, I've just been, it's been more the, the housekeeping, mm. my, my contribution to the housekeeping that's been stressing me out rather than being on the show and mm, meeting, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, meeting all the, uh, meeting our guests. So, um, I'm going to step back from it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll perhaps show up as a, uh, a guest host from time to time, I but so. I want to thank you both for inviting me to be yeah. part of this grand adventure mm. back when it used to be a live radio show only mm. heard in Toronto and then across the world on yeah. that internet thing. Yeah. Now it starts around the world, yep. at least in time zones that are recognized. Mm. <laughs> well, it's, it's been, it's been great having you on the show, Mike. You've been, um, been very brought a lot of interesting insights and, and and different perspective and stuff. It's always been it's been great having you. Uh, it's been uh, great. You leave your, your badge and gun at the at the front door when you leave. Yeah, of course, <laughs> it's true. We'll have an exit interview. Of course, I'm, I'm being stripped of my rank. I understand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, definitely, we'll have you back um, from time to time. Um, you know. You know, long, long time member, now first time listener. You were a listener first, way back when. <laughs> that's true. Okay. All right. Um, that's all we have uh, on the show tonight. Uh, we want to hear from you. So please send your comments on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to at Songtalk Radio or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. And check out this website, songtalk.ca. There is a page there for the songwriting challenge. Uh, send in your answers before June 13th, and we will be sure to include them on the podcast um, also be sure to check out our youtube channel for live performance videos and full episodes um, subscribe today to the song talk radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider and don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter on the website you can find links to all the products books and web services we mentioned on the show on our resources page at songtalk.ca and uh, be sure to check out the show posts as well for additional links when you were talking about them um, on any given episode and uh, wherever you are in the world please join us online via zoom at our next monthly song talk meetup it's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup stop by songtalk.ca for the link uh you can follow me at uh, neilmodi.com you can follow phil at philemory.ca and mr mike i suppose you could find me at proudfoot420 on instagram now you have more time to take some snappy pictures i know i have been very <laughs> remiss in my photographing as well <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to find browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Stay safe, everyone. And Au keep revoir. on writing. Goodbye. Goodbye.